0: I give it up for the summer quarter teachers, even though they're not in here to hear you, but that's fantastic. So uh, it was a little more than 20 years ago. Hello. A little more than 20 years ago. Uh, Gary and LaRue, raise your hands. Mary, raise your hand. There, you see those people with their hands up right there? Gary and LaRue, it was in their living room. Mary was their across-the-court neighbor, as I recall, and uh, we were having, we called them kinships which became home groups, which became life groups, which I don't know why we're changing the names all the time, but it was a group, you know, and we were meeting, and it, we were, the church was, was just forming. The church was just forming. The whole church fit into two different living rooms at that time. And uh, someone brought this man from India, Pastor A. Stephen, as a guest. And he came, this would have been about 1994, And he came, and he he came, and he was talking to me about this vision that he had to buy a well-drilling rig and all this stuff. And he wanted to drill freshwater wells for the impoverished people of India. And they have gospel teams and planted dozens and dozens, 200 churches, all these things that he had. And he wanted to make a hospital and all this stuff. And I said, well, why don't you talk tonight instead of me? And he did, and it was amazing And then afterwards in the kitchen, we were in LaRue's kitchen eating brownies. And LaRue was so proud of herself that she'd made brownies. And you remember that? But you got, you followed the directions on the box, you nailed them that night. And I just remember being in your kitchen with Pastor A. Stephen eating brownies. And he said, One day you will come to India. And I said, not on your life. (laughs) That just sounds scary. It sounds far. It sounds terrifying. And I said, no, I don't think so. I took my first trip to India a year later. (laughs) And and I've been six or seven times since then. And it's been a tremendous, tremendous thing to have relationship with Pastor Stephen and his family his wife Queenie, daughter Yonico, son Sam, and it's been, uh, it's really hard to describe the place that they have in our hearts. And how God has used them in Karen and me, but also in the life of this church, to mark this church. Their fingerprints, their spiritual fingerprints are all over this church. Many of you know Pastor Stephen passed away two years ago, and uh, we, we still miss him terribly. But I'm so, so excited to be able to say that his wife, Queenie, has, has stood up with amazing courage and stamina and drive and the blessing and anointing of the Holy Spirit and carried the ministry into even new arenas of effectiveness. And while we miss Pastor Stephen Terribly, we know that God has has really blessed the Cornerstone Ministry in India with Queenie's leadership. We're ha- blessed to have Queenie here today, and also her daughter Yoniko, who lives in the States now, and uh, her 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 daughter Ria is now screaming in the nursery. I understand, and uh, <laughs> but I think they're going to come together first, and then. Uh, so please come, please welcome Queenie and Yoniko.
1: the people good morning or good afternoon or good evening as a believers in Christ we always say praise Lord brother praise Lord sister how you like that one really good yeah so today morning I'm very privileged to stand in front of you people because of the long partnership and leadership and through prayer this church has become a partnership in our cornerstone through this church we can doing so many things for the glory of God hallelujah you have to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. "Hallelujah, hallelujah." Yeah, we praise and worship the God who is living among us within the believers. So I always say, "Say Hallelujah." hallelujah. amen. So, behalf of my Cornerstone uh, Ministry and the believers and all the co-workers and pastors who are evangelizing the uh, behalf of Cornerstone, I bring the greetings to you people. So those people are praying for this church and also <clears throat> they are praying for this service today. You know, they know I'm going to present some things for the cornerstone. God is really, those people are upholding in the, this ministry in, in their pra- prayers. So through prayers, only through prayers, I can tell after the pastor Stephen has passed away. Through prayers, God is working through us. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, uh, it's very difficult for me to take up this ministry after Pastor Stephen. And I told, you know, God, I cannot take this burden on me. But still, God told you, have to take this burden. Because you are the chosen one. You have to lead this people. You have to lead this ministry for his glory. If you are not going to take over the ministry, someone going to take. You are going to lose the blessings. Sometimes, you know, God... Allows us to go through lot of furnace, difficulties to become close to him. Before I share my testimony, we like to sing a song. Always Pastor Stephen do this one. In the native language he sings, then he carry on. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: In the Kan Malayan Avare, in a ka cum deva nire, Walla may march him, my nidain davare, Maggie make a party. Walla may march him, my morning davare, Maggie make a Araad nee umake, Araad nee
1: umake, Araad nee umake, Araad nee umake. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. See when. I take over the, when I took over this ministry, it was like this. In Psalm 66, the verse says, He netted me, my feet, He caught me in in the net. And He loaded me with a burden in my back. And so many people, God allowed so many people to walk through my head. That is a different uh, situation, you know. So my legs have been knitted. My hip has been heavy loaded. The people are starting walking on me, through me. That's the time. I was all night, all day I'll be going meeting the people. I don't want to cry in front of the people. But the night, I used to struggle with God. Why this is happening? 36, of, uh, 36 years of life, we've given our life for the ministry. Cornerstone raised with the nothing. Now so big ministry as is standing in front, in front of you. Why the Lord this has happened? But still God told me. And you have to, you have to take over this ministry. Why you know? Because God wanted to bring me in the abundance place. All through, though I walked through the waters. Though through fire, so many mountains I crossed. 36 years is nothing in front of the two and a half years I went through. So much of difficulties. The people who stood with me, they become against me. Because they don't want to work under the leadership of lady. But still God told, you are the person. You have to take over this ministry. But every night I was struggling. You know, like Jacob. God In Jacob, you see, God wants to bless. He, he struggles... For the blessings. I said, Lord, I don't want any blessing. I want to run away from this ministry. So God said, you know, no, you have to be in the ministry. Like Hannah, she was praying for the child. God has given us so many children. So many uh, believers was born through us. But still I'm saying, Lord, I, I don't want any children. I want to run away from you. Then the Lord so much of wilderness, so much of thing, like a Hagar, you know. Hagar was running away. God, Abraham told, you, you go and take your son and go. And she is in the wilderness. Like wilderness, I was standing. I was crying, Lord, I don't want. Why this has happened? I'm alone. So so many people are surrounded me. Still, I'm alone, Lord. So I said, Lord, I don't want this ministry to be carried on by me. You raise up somebody. I wanted to give up. I wanted to take an easy life. Then I told, Lord, when Agar was praying and she's crying for the help, some, you heard the, the dying child voice. You send the angel and you told, you send her to comfort, comfort her, you know. There you, the angel of the God came and told, Agar, what happened to you? Why are you crying? I want somebody, the child of God, to call me today. If you are the Raving God, you are saying you are with me. I want somebody to call now. To, now. And I said, I was lying on the couch. I was so desperate, you know, somebody has to call me. Then the phone rang. I said, this part of the night, who's calling me, you know? Then... Dear Sister Queenie, how are you? Here comes the Pastor Tom's voice. I said, oh my God. You are really, your God of awesome, you know. I want somebody to call me. Then Pastor called me, how are you, Sister? What are you doing? We are praying. We are supporting. We are, you, you can do anything for the Christ. That kind of voice came into me. Every now and then when I am depressed, Pastor called, calls me. I don't know how he comes to know that I, am, I need his prayer. Then he prayed over me, and he given me the commission. Sister, you are not alone. The big church is behind you. We are praying for you. We are supporting you through this. Your prayer, I can do many things in India. And after that, I took over the ministry. God told me, you need a prayer support. You have to anything we do. the evangelism, and church planting, tailoring school, or Borewell ministry, anything. We first pray in our church, then we, do, we go out. So I, I thought our church, after Pastor Stephen's death, it's a little bit of weak, you know. They're very sad and very, this thing, mourning. I said, no, this is not the time to mourn. We have to raise up as a church to pray. When you people are going to pray, God is going to mighty things among us. So I encourage the people to pray. Every Thursday, the ladies used to come and pray. Every Friday evening, the, all the brothers used to come and pray. And Saturday morning, we have a fasting prayer, praying for the various things happening in the ministry. And also, Sunday morning, before we have the Sunday school, all the Sunday school kids come and pray. As the prayers started growing, our our things has been growing also wherever we are going whatever we are doing god is with us we are able to do so this church has become a powerful power station for our ministry so after that and um, our co-workers i asked them to come over and uh, they came and i told why can't you people start as prayer cells go Wherever you can go and you start a prayer cells. Like that all the pastors, you know, this is the time pastors gone. Whatever the pastor has done in your life, whatever the implement came on you, you have to do it. This is the time we have to do it. The pastors really realized and they started to doing the evangelism and the church ministry and small, small prayer groups. They started now by the grace of God, 17 prayer cells is ready to become a church. Each prayer cell is 80 people, 100 people. They're worshipping, you know, not like these places. They're worshipping in the farms, in the school buildings, and the night time they go and worship under the streetlights. God is using them mightily. So very soon we are going to, uh, maybe, I don't know how it's going to happen. I told these people, you know, wherever you are, you start worshipping. We need, we don't need Land, building, and everything. If God wants, God will bring it to pass. Until then, you faithful in your work, God will do the rest of the things. Then, literature ministry. I don't know anything about the literature ministry. All this was looking after by Stephen. How he uh, calculate, how he is going to pray, uh, do the this thing, how he calls, how he buys the... I don't know anything. One day I was praying, Lord, the ministry... Literature ministry, the main ministry in our cornerstone. So Lord let, help me. So during this two and a half years time, we have printed three tons of literature. This booklet, uh, three thousand three la- three lakhs of booklets, fifteen million booklets we printed, and thousand. Art of Man chart we have printed. And not only we are distributing in India, we also send the literature to the Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, South Africa, and also in India. God is using this little booklet to bringing the knowledge of Christ to the little children and also the big children, big ladies and brothers. They're able to Understand this book, you know this is a little heart of the man how the characteristics shows. So God is able to, we are able to uh, print so many literatures for the kingdom of God. Not only that, then the tailoring schools. I think 360 girls have been graduated and went out from our tailoring school. That is a lot. That is a lot, you know. Every time. 30, 30 girls, and every every batch, six months course. God is using our pastor's wife and the and the teachers to really help them. When the, the ladies come to our this thing, this is the condition we say. Every morning we have the devotion, whether you like it or not, whether they're Muslims, they're Hindus or not. We will pray, we'll sing song, we pray, then we'll uh, share the little gospel or stories from the Bible. Then only the class starts. Beginning of the, this thing, they don't like because they're Hindus and Muslims. How the end of the uh, classes, they re- really, they must have accepted their Christ as a personal savior, personal relationship with God. And uh, so many uh, testimonies, they, they come and say, oh, my husband is a drunker. I started praying. Now he is going to the work. That kind of experience we are going through. So, end of this uh, tailoring school, we give them, everybody, one Bible in their own languages. So, so many girls, after they leave from the uh, tailoring school, they come back as secret believers to our church. So, they have to pay the great, this thing, you know, when the parents, when the husbands comes, so much of persecution may take place. So please pray for them, that kind of ladies who are in that kind of situation. And also I wanted to uh, present this Borewell ministry. So through Borewell ministry few a ba- few years back so many villages has turned to Christians. That kind of this thing, you know. So I wanted to thank each one of you. The Lord, how I don't know how this church has become a partnership with the Cornerstone. This is the church, home church for us. Whenever I come here, this is the second home for me. When my when I left India, our half staff told this is. I felt very bad, you know, every time I was traveling with Pastor A. He's like a Mount Everest for me. I was always behind him. Lord, how am how I going to do all this thing? But God said, you go. I'll prepare a place for you. I will be this. Sometimes it's so difficult for me to go. So many challenges. Every day New you challenge it for me. Every day I have to face. Morning I'll get up and say, Lord, these are the things I have to do. How am I going to do? By faith. I started holding his hand. Lord, don't go before me. I wanted to be with you. I will hold your hand. You take me. Yeah. That kind of experience, you know. All these two and a half years of time, my personal relationship with God is closer and closer and closer. Every night I come back, I thank Him, not only thanking him, I by faith, I still hug him and kiss him whatever whenever I need him, I fell on his feet, Lord, you are my God, so let the people may change, let the maple may. Mock at me or anything. But if you are going to be with you, No man can be against me, Lord. I started claiming all the promises in the Bible. Lord, you are be with me. You are going to do. The one small incident and I wanted to tell and then close it. We have a court case, you know. One of the pastor, he put us in court saying that this property, we want it. So many years I was posting in this church. This is a cornerstone property. So when Pastor was A was there, also this, this case was going on. And after Pastor Stephen is gone, I have to take over the court case. I said, "Lord, you have called us to serve you. I, we are in the front line. Whatever the money we received, we put it for the glory of God. And all these things has happened. I have to go and stand in the court. This is your judge. This is your justice. I said, Lord, this is too much on me, you know. I never been to the court. So what I have to do? I was saying that. Is, then they, were, uh, they called us me for the cross-examination. Oh my God, I don't know what this uh, abundant lawyer is going to call me and what he is going to say. You know, they trick us, you know, to take some words and they wanted to put us in the bad shape. I, I was praying in the court. And the judge came, he was sitting in the seat and I was standing in the witness box. The lawyer is standing. I was praying, Lord, He should not ask me any questions. Cross-examination. I don't know what he is going to talk. So the he came and stood in, uh, in front of me. All of a sudden the judge, you know, arguing with his opponent uh, lawyer. Where is your paper? What did you bring? Oh, did you have any papers like that? They both started arguing. I was looking, you know, Lord. <laughs> Instead of the lawyer has to question me, the judge started to question that man. And at last he said, this lady is coming 300 miles away from this thing. You are coming and standing without any papers. So I'm not going to take up this coat. Next time when you come with a paper, if you're not bringing the paper, this co- the case will be dismissed. She didn't ask me any question. And this opponent lawyer didn't ask me any question. She said, you can go and sit in your place. That kind of God we serve. <laughs> when, when we are for the God, when we do the things for the God, God will take up everything for us. That is the experience I all these years I am coming through. When I go back. So many challenges is standing. But I know my God is with me. I can do anything. Everything for the. For his glory. When when I, when I came and sat here. We were singing the songs. When the blessing comes Lord. I will praise you. When the darkness comes. Also I will give thanks. That kind of experience we must have. Whether it is a happiness. Whether it is the uh trials whether it's a sorrow or anything else we have to as a believers that is the experience of us any moment we can go in presence of god any time everywhere we can approach him that kind of god we serve so the same god can use you people you know only whether we are available to god lord this is the morning I am available. So many people are sitting here. You are doing many, many good things for the church. How you people are wanted to serve him? God wanted to raise prophets from this church. God want to raise missionaries to go, not only to India, many parts of the country, and also to other parts of the world. Only thing we have to submit and we... We have to allow God to work in our life. Then only God will do the various things. Because this experience, you know, really I thought only personal relationship with God, he can do anything. He can take everything, you know. So I'm not, I said, Lord, I'm not going to run run behind the money. I am doing your work. I don't know how the things are happening. It cost me so much of money. I still, I don't know. The money came. Suddenly one brother called me from America. He said, Queenie, we wa- somebody wanted to help you to print the chart. How much is going to cost? So I told him, this must, this must. The money came. We printed the charts. So wh- if we are in the Christ fully, God will supply all our needs. According to his riches of his glory. That kind of God we serve. Hallelujah. 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 My, now my daughter will come and share about the Borwell ministry. So.
2: Praise the Lord. Well, that's a. It's going to be a hard job keeping up with my mom, right? She did an awesome job there. Uh, well, please forgive me if I make any mistakes. My mom put me on the spot this morning when I got here. She said, well, you're going to be talking about the whale, So, so I was like, gee, thanks, Mom. <laughs> um, it's such a joy and honor to be here. And Pastor, you have such a great bunch of people. Awesome. And um, I was telling Auntie Karen, you know, I've never been to Ohio. But it's just so awesome, you know, I feel so loved. I really feel loved. And this is home, this is family. You know, there are so many people I call aunties and uncles, and it's not because they're related. Uh, It's just that it's a cultural thing, you know. Anybody who comes, my dad would always insist we said uncle and auntie. And having lived here in the U.S. for seven years, it's a bit strange because (laughs) people kind of look at you, why are you calling me auntie? Anyway, um... But thank you, Pastor Tom and Auntie Karen, um, for having us and for all the love and support you guys have given to me and to my family. Um, and it's just so humbling to stand in front of all of you because Pastor Tom is such a giant of faith, and my dad has been here, and, you know, I'm just, you know, me. <laughs> um well, um, I'm here to speak about the Borwell project, and I just want to first of all thank each and every one of you. You, you know, we you realize that you have so sacrificially given to this ministry. Um, I want to thank—I don't know if Brad and Melissa are here. They, you know, they have a special place in our hearts because they have really pushed forward for this ministry um, today. Uh, on this trip, my mom. Uh, wanted to present one of the projects. We have two projects, but I'm going to speak about one of them. Uh, We would like, or we have identified this one project where we want to bore a well in the state of Andhra Pradesh. Uh, In India, we have severe weather conditions. You know, right now, in the northeast, we have flash flooding and we have uh, uh, severe rains. And so we've been, you know, we have that part of the country um, you know, experiencing floods, whereas the south, the southernmost part of India, we have, um, you know, we, we've had water problems. We've had uh, failed rains, and so um, Andhra, Andhra Pradesh is one of the worst hit states in our country. And uh, in the state, in the in district of Chittur, uh, in Puluchera Man- Mandala, this is a small village, uh, which really, really needs your help right now. And um, there are about 10,000-plus people in the surrounding villages. And um, the government has actually drilled two open wells in this uh, district. And uh, because the lack of rain and um, there's no underground water, the, the wells have dried up. We've, uh, the government has also bored a number of bow wells, and there is you, you can see the pipes and everything, but there's just no clean drinking water. So the ladies of the village actually walk up to three or four kilometers a day, carrying plastic pots on their head and on their hips, just trying to fetch water. And if the mothers are on the fields, you know, working, then it's up to the little girls to actually walk that distance to bring water. Um, as most of you know already, you know my dad has already spoken to you about this. But you know a lot of Indians actually die because of cholera and waterborne diseases, because you know uh, a lot of the water source is stagnant, and uh, you know as those who have been to India would have seen, you know we have buffaloes bathing in it, you have people bathing in it, and then you have you know you wash your clothes, your vessels, and all that, and then you drink the same good stuff. So, you know, there's, there's, you know our heart really reaches out to these people. And um, so there are places in this village where there, there is maybe one or two sources of clean drinking water. However, uh, India is plagued by the caste system. So the people who actually ho- own these bow whales are from the upper caste. And how they, w- how they view this is uh, the lower caste is not allowed to take water from the upper caste uh, because they feel that the lower caste actually goes and draws water from the wells or pumps water from the hand pumps, they actually contaminate the water. Because they are untouchables, they're scavengers, so they they don't have access to clean drinking water. And um, you know, during the elections, the government promises all this big talk. You know, we'll give you fresh drinking water if you elect us. We'll come and bore wells for you. We'll dig wells for you. You know, they elect them, and then that's that they forget, you know, that they made promises. So um, right now, uh, you know, there's there are so many villages in Andhra Pradesh who need clean drinking water, but this is one area that we, uh, my, you know, my mom and uh, some of the other staff from Cornerstone went and surveyed, and they feel that this is this would be a great place to actually Uh, bore the well. Um, In this village, there are a few Christians who live there. Unfortunately, they do not gather and they do not worship together. So this would be a good opportunity, you know, to bring Clean drinking water, and maybe this will open a door for us to actually start an evangelism program. Perhaps in the long run, open a tailoring school, and um, you know, maybe you know, even start a church there. So this would be, you know, the place and to do that. And then we see so much of opportunity here to, you know, further the ministry in these parts. Um, sorry. Yeah, and the hospitals, the hospitals in this area is about five to six kilometers away. So um, the idea is maybe even to introduce a mobile hospital here. So with our... Conestone ministries maybe you know in the near future uh, we could even introduce this or maybe send a nurse or position someone like that maybe a pastor and his wife maybe a nurse you know over there to help these people um, so you know just pray about it i know my mom has already spoken to pastor tom and if you feel led you know, please uh, talk to Pastor Tom as to how you can help. But I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts, you know, for supporting us and to, for really, you know, taking this vision forward and, um, you know, for loving us all these years. Thank you.
0: Don't you just want to keep her? They're a part of our family. You feel it now, don't you? They're a part of our family. They're a part of our church. They're not guests. They're family members, sisters among us, yeah? This swell area that she's talking about, you may remember... Some time ago, I showed you pictures of Muthuramapuram and the well that was dug there out in that Chatur area. And that is the same. So just sort of imagine that again and the opportunity that we have there. Because of your faithfulness, the money's already there. We're just waiting to hire the guys. But that's not the issue. If you listen to them again and again and again, The issue is never the money. The issue is always the prayer. In 21 years of knowing them, they've never asked us for a dollar. They've asked us to pray. And funny thing, when you pray, God moves your heart, doesn't he? So it's a privilege to have you guys here today. Um, I want to tell you that this Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, We're going to have a special gathering with them and a special time of extended prayer just for them. So that's this coming Tuesday at 7 o'clock. We'll give them more opportunity to share, more opportunity for you to dialogue, ask your questions, and then we will cover them in prayer. We need you to come to pray. Listen, This this is the most important thing that we can do for them. And uh, the other night at our dining room table, it was our privilege to pray with Queenie for just a sense of burden that was on her shoulders. If you can imagine the weight on her shoulders. And the Lord has already begun to lift that burden. And that's why we need you to come. You say, what do my prayers do? Jesus said, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. So whether you're a seasoned veteran prayer or you're brand new to the whole walk with Jesus, you come on Tuesday night for some time, spend some time in prayer with us. It's an incredible, incredible thing. And you, you, know, you may look at Queenie, Sister Queenie, and say, oh, well, she's that way because she lives in India, because she was partnered with Pastor Stephen, because of all these circumstances. And you may say about yourself, I could never be that bold, I could never... Let me tell you what, I know from the bottom of my heart that Sister Queenie would be that same woman if she lived next door to me in Grove City, Ohio. And that's the call on your life today. To seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and God will supply everything that you need along the way. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, First, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and God will provide your need. Worship team, please come. Father in heaven, we just thank you for this time together with Sister Queenie, Sister Yoniko. And it's our blessing to be there, brothers and sisters here. We know that our life is not like theirs. We know that we are not faced with persecution and hardship. We know that when we turn on the light switch, the lights come on. When we open the faucet, the water comes. We know this. And Lord, we are grateful for this. But Lord, we are also called by your spirit to be a part of the work that you're doing in India. And we are privileged to do so, but we know that we're called by your spirit to be engaged in this work of evangelism of leading the lost to Christ, of a billion people, a billion people, waiting to hear the gospel of Jesus in their own language, handed to them with a cup of cold water. Oh God, come, we pray. Lord, come. Come and secure this church. Secure this fellowship in this privileged place that You have given us to support them in prayer. Call us all to prayer, O God. Call us and secure the place of this fellowship. And thank you, Father, for our sisters today. Thank you for the, the blessing of just sitting under their teaching, under their words, under their spirit today. And we pray the power of the Holy Spirit to come on them right now in this place with all encouragement, with all blessing. We pray, O God, that you would be generous to them in this place today. That you would pour out so much blessing on them that they wouldn't be able to carry. it. Father, would you bless them in whatever ways you have in mind to bless them. We have no idea here. We have no program here. We have no next step here. But to hold them up to you and ask you to stir in the hearts of these people to bless them today. Bless them. Bless them blessing of the Lord fall on them father God I pray that you will stir every heart in this room and that you will show us where you are first in our lives not second not third not fourth that you will show your face to us so that we can put our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame for us We pray that in these closing moments of ministry that you would set your face in our eyes so that we could rise up individually and as a community of believers and be the church that you have called us to be. Beautify your bride here today, Lord. Beautify your bride. Father, we invite you to come now and to move among us to heal those who are sick. Heal our sick, Lord. Come in the name of Jesus and heal those who are sick among us. Show yourself strong and powerful in this place today. We pray that you will come and you will counsel those who are troubled, those who live with despair in their minds and turmoil in their minds. We pray that the Holy Spirit will come and bring them peace, that the love of God would overcome them with a sense of well-being and that you would rescue them. We pray for our... For are depressed today that you would lift them from these pits of despair and set their feet upon a rock with you O oh god father we pray for those who are making great decisions today they need to go know whether to go right or left ahead or back and father i pray for an opening of heaven for a revelation of god for every person who is facing a decision today O oh lord father we look to you as the one who loves us who loves your church as we take just a few moments to worship you, O Lord, and to bless your name, we invite the present move of your Holy Spirit here among us. Let's stand together and worship the Lord, church. Worship Him from your heart, church.